we've been preaching into uh, this Vision Builders series with a bit of a title uh, that we have called Break Forth. Break Forth. Thank you, Andy. So uh, Break Forth is our overriding theme of our Vision Builders for this year. And we've had uh, Natalie preach a stunning message a few weeks ago. And then if you were here last week, we had uh, Richard Botter. He's our oversight of this church. He passes in C3 Church in Carlingford. And coming back up the freeway last Sunday, I listened to his message. And it was a great and wonderful and powerful message. And I love uh, what he mentioned about the passage that I guess we're basing uh, this year's Vision Builders in which is, comes out of Isaiah, and he says it's a passage of power, promise, and purpose. A passage of power, promise, and purpose. And I'm going to begin again today in this scripture, and I'll move into some other areas, but I want to share a few thoughts. So in Isaiah 58, picking up in verse 6, it says, Is not this kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. In this chapter, we really get a great insight from God that he's just not interested in religious practices that are for show. It's not what he's interested. He's interested in the people of God following him and seeking him and living out the way that he would call them to live. And they would go out and make a significant and wonderful impact into the community around them. And this is a picture that we can apply today to us to dream and desire to be a church that is fruitful, a church that is doing all that God calls us to do. We read in this passage that there's these acts of righteousness that were needed and called for for God's people. As we read, to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. And I think about what God has for the church to do in this spiritual world that is around us, to see people loose, to see people broken free from areas that they are bound up in because there are so many in our midst in this community and beyond they're exactly living a life like that, where there is injustice, where they are bound up and we need to break them free. And we have the answer and his name's Jesus. But this passage also goes in and says there's also a practical element of love that's needed. It says to share your food with the hungry, to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked, to clothe them. We're called not just to pray, but to act. We're called not just to fast, but also to act. We should be making a change in our community. We should be breaking forth. We should be truly a light that shines out of us as the people into the community and to shine brightly in the world. And as we've just read, healing will come. Righteousness will go before us. 
The glory of the Lord will be our rear guard. As we call, the Lord will answer. I was reading this same passage of Scripture out of the message version. I'm going to read it here this morning. Illuminate some other areas that I think are beautiful. It says, This is the kind of fast day I'm after to break the chains of injustice, get rid of the exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, cancel debts. What I'm interested in is seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own families. Do this and the lights will turn on. It'll turn on, we'll break forth. And your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. goes on, you'll call out for help for other people's sins. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I will give you full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew, rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, make the community livable again. There's a lot of brokenness out in our communities. We can make them livable again. We can be part of bringing God's answer and making an impact out there. I love how it says we'll be like a well-watered garden. It's not cool when your garden's not watered well and everything's dry and crusty and dying, but when it's watered well, and it's green, and it's lush, and there's life in it. I love that, and I think that's what we're called to be out in the community, that kind of green, lush garden. It says a gurgling spring that never runs dry. We have everything our community needs. We have everything through Christ. We've got to keep getting it out there. We've got to keep shining as he would call us to shine. And let's never stop praying for God to move in and around us. Let's believe as we follow God's ways, our prayers will be anointed. They will have power. They will have a prophetic edge as we declare what God is going to do into the future. The church needs to usher in a move of God. Our hearts to be aligned, our hearts prepared, our hearts ready. And may there be an action out of this. There's a lot of things that we can focus in on life. But let's make sure that God is the biggest influence in our life, that he would be the one leading and guiding us. He would be showing us what we need to give attention and focus on. I don't know if you've ever been lost. When I was a very young boy, I went one time to the Royal Easter Show in Sydney. Has anyone been to the Royal Easter Show? A lot of people go to the Royal Easter Show. And this is back in the day. It's out at, uh, it's out at the kind of Homebush precinct of the Olympic Stadium these days, but it used to be in Sydney. And I remember as a very young boy going, and I'm one of six in my family, 
And I remember going and uh, I have this vivid memory of being memorised by these trains that were going around these train tracks in these, through these windows. And I remember going into this section of the Royal Easter Show with my family and I remember my mum telling my brother Winston, who's about five years older than me, to look after me, to hold my hand. And I'm like, I'm young, I'm like a four or five-year-old. I'm like, no, like I'm not holding your hands, you know, to my older brother. And anyway, I'm just watching these trains and I'm like, this is so cool, just watching and watching and watching. Anyway, when I got over watching these trains, I look around and I'm like, there's no family member there. My brother's not there, my sisters aren't there, my mum and dad, I'm, I'm, I'm on my own. And all of a sudden, this great moment of watching these, these trains just turns to, to terror as I like start to panic and I start, and there's just, the roof says people everywhere and I'm running around, there's people and, and I'm lost, I'm gone. I'm like, I'm lost. I start bawling my eyes out. Someone finds me and before I know it, I'm actually in this like, like not lost property for, for clothes, but <laughs> lost property for human beings when they're lost at the Royal Easter Show. And I'm getting comforted by these people and, uh, and I'm really young. I think it's like, do you, do you know your parents' names? Yeah, mum, dad, like, I don't know what their names are. Like, I'm really young. Anyway, thank goodness I knew my own name and I remember saying it and, and then they make an announcement over the, the loudspeaker with the parents of Hartley Taylor, please come and collect him. He's blah, blah, blah at this point. And, and I was lost. Thank goodness it didn't last too long and then my parents came and collected me and all was good and I survived the ordeal of being lost. In Luke 2, we read the story of Jesus being lost. Although there's something very different about his story, and that is that for him, he's not lost. <laughs> his parents have lost him. They don't know where he is. It's not a great day when you lose Jesus Christ, can I just say? And you're thinking, the last time we saw him was three days ago. Like, that's not a good day on your calendar, of your family calendar that year. But three days later, they realize they've lost Jesus, which I used to read this growing up in the church, and like, how in the world? Like, but then as life uh, went on and I started to meet uh, Middle Eastern families and the way they do family so beautifully, and like, there's just cousin upon cousin, and they're just all together. I got a bit of an understanding. It's kind of that culture where everyone just looks after each other and all the kids and all the cousins, and they just journey together and have these festivals and, and go days after days just eating glorious food. And I started to get a little bit more of an understanding how possibly it could happen. But, but Jesus is lost by his parents. And in Luke 2, 49, Jesus says this, And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? My father's business. And in this statement, Jesus makes it so clear that his father's business was of the utmost importance to him. That that would be what his life would be about, his father's business. And our God desires that none would perish, none would be separated for eternity from him. And I think we've got to make sure that in our life that that is a part of our focus, that we would be about the Father's business also. That this would be a, like a driving force in our lives that has an element of urgency. 
for all of us in this room that know Jesus, that have Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives. We have the greatest assurance that any human being can have in our life, the assurance of eternal life. And I think sometimes we need to pause and truly reflect on how good that is and remember what is ahead for us, but also use that as a bit of a driving force to really be about the Father's business because other people around us in our communities and abroad need to know of this. They need to know the freedom that they can have of having their sins forgiven. We've got to get this out. We've got to get it out into the community. We've got to live in a certain way that we are fully making a difference out there. And I think it's good just to pause and reflect about what it will mean one day to spend eternity in heaven with our Lord. And let that inspire us. Let that take us forward. Let that be a part of how we work out what we're going to focus in on in our lives. Let's just see and dream about how God can use us for his glory and for his purposes. And he does use us. That's his, that's his way. That's his plan. In Matthew 16, Jesus is asking his disciples, who do you say that I am? And he's getting all these kind of different answers. And, oh, you know, you're a prophet and you're this and you're this and that. And then Simon Peter, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. He declares this great truth to Jesus. And Jesus, in a place of clarity, knowing what he's walking towards, prophesies a mighty word over Peter in Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. It's the first time the church is mentioned in the Scriptures. You will build my church. Not you will build your church, my church. We're here today. This is his church. You will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm sure there's times where the church has felt that the gates of hell might prevail, but they will not prevail against it. And then we go on, and it says this in the following verse. Jesus says this, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus didn't say, and I've got the keys. He says, you've got the keys. You've got the keys. He declares that to Peter, that you have the keys. And Peter would play a very significant role in the early church. He's the one that brought the kingdom of heaven to the Jews in Acts 2. He brings the kingdom of heaven to the Gentiles in Acts 10. He played a very significant role. He had the keys. Jesus didn't say, no, I've got them. You've got them. And as the church today, we have keys. We have the keys so people can access the kingdom of heaven because we're giving them the key, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the only way. And he is the key for people around us to find and discover the kingdom of heaven for their life. We can introduce them to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who came to redeem people from their sins. And that's our message. And we have this authority from God to proclaim this message, as did Peter. 
Right now, our eldest daughter, Sienna, has her L's. She's three weeks away from turning 17, and we are on track to conquer that mighty 120 hours of driving. We're at 118 hours, and I think it's 20 minutes. So we're down to the final little portion to make it. I tell you what, 120 hours, it's a fair bit of driving. We've had to be on purpose, and, uh, and I've loved, loved it. But I know that there's a new day coming in our household, and it is around the corner. When she gets her peas, hopefully first time, We've, we've actually already pre-booked the very first appointment that she can take once she uh, reaches the 12 months mark of having her L's. The very first appointment of the first morning, she can go for it, we're in. But I know once she gets those peas, there's going to be a new sound in our house. There's going to be a new declaration in this house of ours, and it's going to sound like this. Hey, Dad. Hey, Mom. Can I have the car keys? Those keys are going to come her way. And we're generous and we're going to go, yeah, sure. But they're going to mean something. She's going to have a little bit more power. She's going to have some more authority. She decides where to go. As she declares when she'll come home, she's going to have the keys. And they're going to give her some access. She's going to have them. But as the church, we have the keys. We are to make an impact. We are to break forth and do all that we are called to do. Break forth and go out there. In Matthew 9, we see a great insight into the heart of Jesus. Don't you love following Jesus Christ for who he was and how we walk this earth? We see a great insight into him in Matthew 9, verse 35. It says this, And Jesus went about the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus is here and he's teaching, he's preaching, he's healing, which are mighty and powerful acts. But then we see he's moved with compassion. I love the compassion of this church. And I look around here, so many of you, so compassionate for lives, to see people, to see people come to Christ, to see people have their basic needs met and standing in the gap for people. It's a beautiful thing. But here Jesus, he sees the multitudes, he's moved with compassion. They were weary and scattered. Scattered. We need to respond to the core that God has for us. This word laborers here means the work, the deed, the doing. I tell you one thing, I want to be a laborer for Christ. <laughs> I want to be someone who goes, yeah, I'm using time and energy and giftings and resources for him. I want to be someone who's helping to bring in the harvest. And I think when we read this, of course we should pray, but I tell you what, is that if as we pray we're called to do things, we need to make sure it's just not no prayer and no action that we lean in and we do it. And Vision Builders really is about the future. We want to see God move in mighty ways. 
in mighty ways. Think about when we say the Lord's Prayer that your will be done. As we say that, his will, his will that none would perish, that all would come until faith in Christ, that he would see people come and be in relationship with him. I grew up in the church. I am so grateful for the church of my childhood and my youth. So grateful. Was it perfect? No, it wasn't. But I tell you what, it provided a place of safety and protection for me. I heard in that place that I was loved by God. I heard that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. I heard that I could have eternal life in heaven by having a relationship with Jesus. It gave me an opportunity to put my trust in him so that my life would be on a pathway to the life that he would have for me, a life of great purpose. And I just love that we have an opportunity to create pathways for others, to bless many. On a Friday night in the school term, we host United Youth right here in this auditorium. And God is doing something. And we get to host that because of the generosity of this church and because of vision builders. Of this thing that we started a number of years ago with a handful of families, just a couple of kids coming along. We're averaging like 60 kids on a Friday night are coming along. It'll be much more this Friday night coming because it's Gold Class movie night. But even in that, on a Gold Class movie night, we literally hand out and give them a three-course meal for free for free for them so they can come into this place and they can put their eyes on a screen and watch a, a movie that's got faith as a basis that they can take another step closer to Christ. And it cost. I see the receipts and it was a bit easy when we used to run this for 20 or 30. Now it's like 60 like, and they eat a lot of food. We had a s'mores and hot chocolates night on Friday night. Do you know what s'mores are? It's like this that kind of American thing where you get like a biscuit and then in the middle of the biscuit you put marshmallows and chocolate and you squash it together and you heat it up and it's, it's gooey and delicious at the same time. And these kids are in for it. And it was just like mayhem trying to prepare all of this on, uh, on Friday night and as the kids, they're like, you know, they're, ah, they just get into it and, uh, and they're into it and then hot chocolate and, uh, and we, that's why we just send them home at like 6.30. There you go, parents. Enjoy the rest of the night. Had 87 teaspoons of sugar in their, uh, in their meals tonight. But they're hearing the gospel. They're hearing the gospel. And one of my daughter's young friends from a family that have nothing to do with the church, she's been coming for this last term. And a few weeks ago, when an opportunity was given... Because there's some nights where we say, if you would like to receive Jesus Christ into your life, would you raise your hands? And as this opportunity was given right here in this auditorium, this young girl put her hand up nice and high and said, yeah, that's me. That's me. A young life hearing the gospel, responding to the gospel because of the generosity of this beautiful church. And I know it might be a sacrifice for some to, in a moment, say, yeah, I'd like to be a part of this, can I say it'll be worth it? For Nat and I, we've made sacrifices. I can remember when I first met Nat, she had come into C3 Church before I did and she had an opportunity to 
to make a pledge into, uh, into a, a program like this. And I can remember her telling me that she used to, she was a college student on a very tight budget. She used to go out on a Sunday night with some of the other college students and while they're ordering their meals, because she didn't have a lot and she'd made a commitment to Vision Builders, she'd go and get her Fanta, her can of Fanta and go home and have cereal often later on. But it was a sacrifice just because it mattered to be a Vision Builder and it mattered for Natalie. The sacrifice will be worth it. One of my favourite songs of the past few years is a song called Build Your Church. I listen to it frequently. And there's a line in the song that says, How beautiful are the feet, they that carry the gospel. I could sing it to you right now, but then all of a sudden there'll be a, a vast scattering of people out the building. But in the middle of this song, it repeats that four times in a row. How beautiful are the feet, they that carry the gospel. And then it goes on to say, keep walking, keep preaching, keep teaching. It starts repeating that line. Goes on to say, no, the gates of hell will not prevail. And it really impacts me, this song. And this line about the feet, it's a line that's found in scriptures. Isaiah says in 52.7, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. How beautiful are the feet who brings good news. We're called to bring good news. The gospel message of Jesus is good news. We're called to bring this peace, to bring this shalom. It means far more than an absence of hostility. It means completeness, soundness, well-being, every kind of blessing and good. It's harmony and concord between people. It's spiritual well-being. It's living under the favour of God. We're bringing that to this world. We're bringing that to this world. Romans 10, 15, And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We all preach the good news. We all can do it. And God is so desperate to get his, his hands on the lives of people in the community to restore, to heal, to forgive, to lead to freedom. They need to play their part and surrender to him for this to occur. But we need to play our part in opening the door for people to find him. He has such a heart for them. Just over a week ago, I walked down the hall and opened the door into my 10-year-old's room. And as I opened the door, she was on her bed, pillows normally on the left, but she was lying the other way around and her head was in the pillow. She's kind of crawled up into a ball and she's crying. And I've just walked in, not... I hadn't heard anything. It was just getting close to bedtime, so I'm coming down just to do the fatherly love of the encouragement for her to move towards bed and uh, what that can entail in a household for her, which can be a very long process, often of an evening. 
But as I've opened the door, she's got her head in the pillow and she's, she's kind of crawled up and she's, and she's crying. And I've kind of like, I'm a bit shocked. And I come and sit on the bed next to her and I'm like, I'm like, Cleo, darling, what's wrong? And she's just crying and crying. And I'm like, speak to me, speak to me. What's wrong? I didn't know what was wrong. She's, <laughs> she's crying and it's kind of half muffled and she's, she's crying and I'm just like, did I miss something? I didn't hear any crying before this. I don't know what's happening. And, and I'm just, my heart's broken for her in this moment. A, f- a father's love for, for her daughter who's in distress. And she's, she's <laughs> and as this goes on, it goes from moment after moment after moment. And then all of a sudden, her head pops up and she goes, <laughs> just put the whole thing on. Must have heard me coming down the thing and decided, I'll get dad right now. But I tell you, in those, those brief moments of her, and I, I was clueless to why she was causing her to cry. She's like crawled up. I was heartbroken. A father's love for a child, I was heartbroken to think that she might be broken in this moment and upset in this moment. And I think about our Heavenly Father, our God, He's heartbroken for those that don't know Him and are living in pain without the peace that He promised. And we have a chance. We have a chance to make a difference. We have a chance to see people that are lost come and find Him. And as a church, we're continuing and just playing just the small part that God would have us to play in what Christianity has done for thousands of years, transforming societies across the globe. The church has done so much. Christianity has its fingerprints over so much that's happening in the communities around the globe. For centuries, the church has done a brilliant job. It's founded schools and hospitals and hospices and orphanages. Christians have campaigned for prison reform, for better housing, to an end to the slave trade, have been part of establishing so many charities to support the poor, the underprivileged, prisoners and their families, the homeless, those seeking justice. Christians have been involved in setting up some of the best-known charities around the globe. It's provided so much financial and practical support for communities hit by natural and man-made disasters and so much more. The church has done so much. And we'll continue to play the part that he calls us to do. One of the organisations as a church that we've been supporting and we're going to support again going forward is Crisis Age, which some of our people here in this auditorium are a part of. And this week I received an email. This is an organisation that does a lot of work in Ethiopia. And in this email was a bit of a PowerPoint presentation of some of the work that they're doing. And as I opened it up, the first kind of few slides started talking about how these starving children who are malnourished are getting food, are getting a, a, little, a little thing called plumpy nut, I believe, which is like a mixture of, of nuts. And it, uh, they can eat that and it can save them a trip to hospital and help to get some nutrients into their body. And I just thought, oh, what a beautiful work. And then as I went down further, what really, really, again, caught my eyes was to see these feet diseases that this organisation is trying to combat. 
One of them is called Mossy Foot, which is due to volcanic soil that kids without shoes get. And the image was horrific to see these swollen feet on these young children that shouldn't have swollen feet but do because they don't have shoes. To think that we can play a part. And then below that, there was another image of some other feet and they had a disease called jiggers, which shoes can help to prevent. And to see this disease on these feet, my heart was broken for these young children that battle this because they don't have shoes. And I thought, wow, how much we can do. We can just play our parts. And what a beautiful organization that does such a mighty, mighty work. Does a mighty, mighty work. I'll get the band to come up now. It's all right. The embers are still going in the pizza oven. It's all good. It's around the corner. But I know that God wants us to do so much. And I love our vision that the Mid-North Coast would know Jesus. We want to see people come to be in a relationship with him and we'll do that through proclaiming the gospel. We'll do that through acts of love, driven by love. We'll help other people that reach people internationally. We'll play a bit of a part. Psalms 146 says, Blessed is he whose help is, is the God of Jacob whose hope is in the Lord, his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord sets the prisoners free. So in a moment here this morning, we're going to give people an opportunity if you'd like to just be part of being a vision builder in the 12 months. This is completely optional. If you're a guest here today, we just pray you've enjoyed hearing our heart as a church. But if you're here today and you'd like to say, yeah, I'd like to be a vision builder in the upcoming 12 months, we'd love for you to play a part in this. And we, have so, we are such a generous church and we obviously encourage people to bring a tithe to the house of God. We see it as the tithe helps to maintain what we do. But Vision Builders extends, extends the church, enables us to do much out there in the community. As the tithes come in as they do so beautifully week after week, there's so many areas that that goes to. Rent and wages and power and waste removal sanitary bins removal, office supplies, database subscription, online church service subscription, worship music license fees, various service costs, C3 Arise supplies. We have to get companies to audit us that we choose to do each year, cleaning supplies, toiletry supplies, the cleaning of the building, hospitality supplies, the phone, the internet, stationery, marketing, advertising, printer supplies, IT supplies and costs church events costs, bookkeeping, payroll, software subscriptions, bank merchant fees, like this list just goes on and on. Church levies, public liability insurances, voluntary worker insurance, professional indemnity insurances, property protection insurances. There's so much that that covers. But we don't want to just limit there. We want to do more. And as we 
go into vision builders. These are the things in the next 12 months we'd love to be able to sow into. We'd like to sow into scripture teaching in our local primary schools around our church here. Into compassion. Into helping families in crisis. We'd love to continually put on our evangelistic Christmas Joy and Wonder outreach event, which I love. I love to see this place filled on a night in December where families that don't normally come to church get to hear the gospel message, to be in church and be loved upon, to have generosity flowing. I love that. We get to do that as a church. They come with their families, the kids go outside and enjoy a wonderful festival. They get to see and feel the love of God in this place. I love it. We want to keep sowing into our Friday night youth outreach. Sow into areas that are developing in our young adults community at the moment. Want to support our local Rima FM radio station. A great vision to strengthen families. It's always equipment that we want to upgrade. Because kids and youth break things. And kids and youth need things. We have a great basketball ring. It's one of the highlights for so many on a Friday night. It's an awesome ring. Got completely snapped and broken the other day. New parts needed to be ordered, needed to be fixed. Thank you, church, we were able to do that. That matters to us. We love to support Angel Tree, which comes around annually just before Christmas, where where people are in prison and we're a part of allowing them to get gifts to their family. We kind of stand in the gap, supply them to their family members and their kids. We love to do that. We want to be a part of the No Kid Hungry Australian Food Program. Be part of Crisis Aid, like I mentioned before, doing works overseas and in Australia like I mentioned before, in Ethiopia. It's always production and live stream equipment that we need to upgrade and keep moving forward in that area. Repairs and improvements around the venue. We do dream as a church about purchasing property in the future for the glory of God. And we want to keep moving towards that, believing for that and saving for that. We also want to be ready for any crisis that may arise in the following 12 months. There's been many times in the recent years that things have happened and cropped up and we've been able as a church to say, yes, we're going to support that. There's been floods around this nation we've been able to support. There's been needs in the Ukraine and Afghanistan we've been able to support. The Turkey-Syria earthquake, which was devastating, we are able to support. So what I'd love for you to do today, if you want to be a part of this, under your seat, there's just this card. And we'd love for you here this morning, if you want to be a part, to start to fill this out. It's just got some basic details, so you can grab that right now. Basic details to fill out. This is a 12-month kind of program we run, and you might be someone that says, yeah, I'm just going to chip away this amount. And I can do that as a regular payment. You can do it as a once-off payment. There's many different ways to fulfill. But I'd love for people to say, yeah, I'm going to be a part of it. I'd love for people, when you hear that something's 
some shoes have been purchased over in Ethiopia. Isn't it cool if you can say, yeah, I was a part of that? And that's what we can do through being a vision builder. We're a part of this as a family. We have for some time and we'll continue. Some years it's been a great sacrifice, but it's worth it. So in a moment, we're going to stand to our feet. We're just going to have a little basket down here because Natalie and I would love, would love for you as you drop in a pledge card. We'd love to pray with you. Pray over your family. Pray over your commitment to God and to build his kingdom. We want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for making a difference for the glory of God, that we would go out into all the worlds, spreading the gospel, making disciples. So let me pray. Father God, we thank you for the part we've played in the past and the part we're going to play in the future, God. For your glory, we thank you, Lord that there's no lack. We thank you, Lord, for your great provision flowing through the lives of the people of God, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the difference we can make. We thank you, Lord, you're leading and guiding us into the areas we can continually help. We thank you, Lord, we're a generous house. We thank you, Lord, Father God, that we can be a part of making a difference. We're grateful, Lord, for who you are in our life. We want others to know of your love of your goodness, of your care. Help us, God, to make a difference. Make a difference. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good. God is good.